The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. So today we are in part two of our series on winning the invisible war. Um, we learned last week on the battles within, the battles within, and, and we explained last week how um, once you're a Christian, once you've given your life to Jesus, how you wrestle with a myriad of things. In part two, also looking at winning the battle within, we're going to look at how to conquer the cure the cure so we, we we explained that we have three enemies we have the the flesh we have the world and we have the devil the world comes around you and the world is around us and the enemy comes against us and the flesh wages war within us so we looked at the cost and the cause last week and we began to look at um, the cure to an extent. But today, we're going to focus our time on the cure. On the cure. We learned last week that your biggest enemy is not Satan. I, I mean, honestly, it isn't Satan. Your biggest enemy is you. Everyone, stand in front of the mirror. The person that represents is your biggest enemy and you really do have two natures as a child of God you have two natures and that is where the struggle and the battles within um, emerges from if you're a believer you have the, the the nature of God and you have your flesh which is the lowly nature as as the Word of God puts it when we examined Romans 7 last week we saw in Romans 7 that in 12 verses Paul used the first person pronoun 41 times I me mine imagine that and there was no reference to the Holy Spirit at all if you read that chapter there's not a single reference to the Holy Spirit however if you by the time we get to Romans 8 we see a sharp contrast. In Romans 8, we see it's littered, quote-unquote, with the Holy Spirit, the life of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit, the Spirit of life. And we see that all through Romans 8. Romans 8 is the life of the victorious Christian. And Romans 7 is the life of the defeated Christian. And today, we are going to be looking at the life of the victorious Christian. Now, the battles within, you know, when if in modern warfare, there's, there's what is called um, WMD, and WMD is the, is the weapon of mass destruction. That is what WMD is. Now, we, we, we see in Romans 7 and 8 that there's um, WSD. WSD 
is the weapon of self-destruction. <laughs> the weapon of self-destruction. So this is the battle that rages within us. If we overcome these weapons of self-destruction, we actually get victory in the battles within. And that is big. So when we see how to overcome this weapon of self-destruction, and we see all that enumerated in Romans 8. Romans 8 shows us such a powerful, powerful passage of scriptures. Romans 8 shows us how to conquer this weapon of self-destruction. The first weapon of self-destruction that we see is, like we learned last week, is shame. It's shame. You cannot be ashamed and be happy at the same time. No, you can't be. And you see, Jesus went to the cross to get rid of shame completely from your life. What is it that is trying to shame you? It is nailed to the cross. Who is it that is trying to, to shame you? All their antics nailed to the cross. Jesus came and died to eradicate your shame. And we see in Romans 7 and Romans 8 also, shame is the first weapon of self-destruction. The second weapon of self-destruction is uncontrolled thoughts. Uncontrolled thoughts. If you don't learn how to control your thoughts, your thoughts will control your life. The third weapon of self-destruction is compulsion. Compulsion. The things I don't want to do, that is what I find myself doing. Compulsion. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God will destroy the power of compulsion in your life. Everybody that is inched and, and, and hooked on, on any form of drug, any form of habit that is destructive, God will break the power today in the name of Jesus. The fourth weapon of self-destruction that we see in these chapters is fear. Fear. Fear is a limiter of destiny. You cannot rise above your fears. You can't. That is why God needed to shatter the fears of Job so that God can take him to his destiny. God needed to shatter his fears. Since the things that I feared the most has come upon me, God says, after that, I will now double your blessings. And then you will see that the things you are, you are fearing has no place and no power over you. The fifth weapon of self-destruction is hopelessness and what hopelessness does is it keeps you from keeping on hopelessness gives you a reason to give up today in the name of Jesus hopelessness will lose its grip over your life in the mighty name of Jesus the sixth weapon of self-destruction is bitterness bitterness is so effective against a lot of believers because we look at life and we, we're logical we're like life is just not fair how come when it's my turn to be happy that is when all these things happened how come when it's my turn to get the promotion that is when the, there's a merger in the company or the, there's an acquisition how come when it's my turn it's just not fair life is not fair and we use that as justification to be bitter, it isn't. Today, God will shatter bitterness in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And the seventh weapon of self-destruction 
you know, I'm, I'm just totally, totally, totally excited about today is insecurity. Insecurity causes us to do foolish things. Foolish things. We make foolish decisions because we are insecure. And we, we become fakes because everybody can see through your insecure moves and you can only impress other fake people. So only fake people can impress fake people. So today God will deliver you from insecurity in the name of Jesus. So Romans 7 explains what these seven things do to your life and to our life and to my life if we allow them. But Romans 8 gives us the answer. Romans 8 gives us the answer. Paul says, what a miserable person I am. Who will deliver me? Who will free me from this body of death? Thank God for Christ. Are you ready? Let's get into it. They did a study on world-renowned Bible scholars all over the world. And they asked them, Bible scholars, if you were left with one chapter, if we were to give you one chapter of the Bible, and you would be banished to an island or to a desert, and you have only one chapter of the Bible to go with, what chapter will it be? Guess what? 90% of them said Romans Eight. Ah, Romans 8 is so huge. You, you need to read Romans 8 over and over and over again. The truth is, I find myself going over and over and over Romans 8 because it's so powerful. It's, it's so, so loaded. So, are you ready? So, from Romans 8, we have seven mental habits. Everybody say mental habits. Say it again. Mental habits. Mental habits to apply to demolish the weapon of self-destruction. And this is where a lot of believers mix things up and they don't, they, there's no connection. You see, because these mental habits, they are rooted and empowered by the spirit. So, many times, people think... Flowing in the Holy Spirit means you don't engage your mind. Actually, flowing in the Holy Spirit many times requires your mind. And the Holy Spirit requires your mind to be set ablaze. So, we see seven mental habits in Romans 8 that demolishes seven weapons of self-destruction enumerated in Romans 7. Are you ready? So the first mental habit that demolishes the first weapon of self-destruction, which is shame, is I remind myself daily what Jesus did for me. I remind myself daily. You want to get rid of shame? Remind yourself daily what Jesus did for you. For uh, how many decades? My favorite scripture, apart from 2 Corinthians 5.17, if a man is in Christ, the new creation, you know, I mean, you all know that's my favorite scripture. I mean, you know, all things are passed away, all, all things are new. My second favorite scripture that I, 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 I wrestle with, swim in, bath in, is Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation 
to those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, I'm talking about over two decades ago. Consistently. It is such a powerful scripture. So, and, and we read it here from on, on the screen. It says, we read 1 to 4. Romans 8, 1 to 4. It says, so now there is no condemnation. Everybody say, no condemnation. What does no condemnation mean? means no shame, no guilt. God says, I have not condemned you. I have not shamed you. I will not condemn you. I will not shame you. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. So that's the question. Do you belong to Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? No condemnation. No shame. For the power of the life-giving spirit. You see that? The, it is the power of the life-giving spirit. Has freed me through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us. Because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours. Except that ours are sinful. But God destroyed sin's control over us. Sin's control over you is destroyed completely in the name of Jesus. It is destroyed by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the requirement of the law would be accomplished for us. Listen, the requirement of the law has been accomplished for you. Completely, completely. You are not under judgment. You've passed from death to life. You have passed from judgment to freedom. Now, listen, anyone that is trying to judge you is wasting his time. Anyone that is trying to invoke God's judgment upon you is wasting his time. Why? Because you have passed completely from judgment. You have passed completely from death. Everyone that is trying to curse you, anyone that is trying to place the curse on you, he or she wasting their time. Why? Because you have passed from the curse to the blessing. You have passed from death to life. Say hallelujah. Ah, this is so powerful. So completely powerful. In Christ alone. In Christ alone. He did this so that the requirement of the law will be fully accomplished for us. For no, we no longer follow a sinful nature. But instead, we follow the spirit. So we see here how it works. So I have a new power in my life that is greater than willpower. And that is the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians try to use willpower. Oh, I, I will not do this. Oh, I will, I will not tell a lie again. Oh, I will. No, willpower is, 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 is good. You need to align, but it cannot by itself stand. It needs to align with the Holy Spirit. And we have a superior power. Power over sin. Power over shame. If a man is in Christ. I know pastors that don't want to tell, tell us this. And, you know, they have a good intention. But, you see, they cannot be holier than God. We can't be holier than God. He already knew beforehand and before you were born every sin you are going to commit. And he has paid the price for it. That's what the Bible says. 
Now, when you have power over something, it is a misnomer to be under that thing. Let me, let me, let me give you an illustration. Let's say that there's a prison and you have been released from the prison. You now have power over the prison, power over the prison warders, power over the security people. They all now are under your feet as far as authority is concerned. It would be foolishness for you to go and now go and sleep in prison. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, the, that's the foolishness. So you, so you see that Jesus paying for your sins, past, present, and future, is not a license for you to go back into bondage. Absolutely not. But God knows that as long as you are in this flesh, you will stumble. You are going to make mistakes. But every mistake paid for completely. So the prison, the warders, the security people, they are under your command. Your home is in the palace with your father. It doesn't make sense to now go back and be yoked again with the yoke of sin. Can you see how the whole thing works? It's so, so, so beautiful. The guy asks his friend, are you sure you are going to heaven? He says, yes, I'm going to heaven. He says, how do you know you are going to heaven? He says, because I keep all the commandments. Oh, that's how you know you are going to heaven. He says, yes. So his friend says, okay, list the commandments. And the guy could not even list. <laughs> okay. Ask your neighbor, tell me the Ten Commandments. How many people? How can you keep what you don't even know? What you, now, we did, we did, that's just the moral law. There are other laws that if you want to go by the law, that you don't even know. But by the Spirit of God, you live above those laws and you fulfill them because through Him is the fulfillment, is the completion. We are, and we are completing Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's so, 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 so beautiful. So, laws simply work on outside behavior. They don't work on inside change. Let me give you an example. If you have a pig, you have a pig. Pig. You know what a pig is? Yeah, pig. Yeah, that, that pig. Yeah, that pig. They put it up. Pig. Yeah. A lady. Mm, pig. <laughs> now, what a pig does is the pig is a pig because the pig is a pig. Is it? Is 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 it? If the pig is is uh, in his natural do, uh, domain, it's 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 dirty. Now imagine, you get a pig. You give it a bath. You rub cream on the pig. You spray nice perfume, nice perfume on the pig. You, 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 you give the pig, you know, some human hair, you know, some lipstick, you know, those big fat lips. You put lipstick on the pig. You did nice makeup, foundation. You put the first layer, second layer, third layer on the pig. Then I bring the pig out and present it to you. But guess what? It is still a pig. <laughs> it can be a beautified pig. It can be a decorated pig. It can be perfumed pig but it is still a pig what God did was to give you a new heart was to give you a new nature was to was to convert you from a pig to a sheep God did 
a total transformation. So for me to overcome shame, I need to remind myself daily what Jesus did for me on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Number two, for me to get rid of the second weapon of self-destruction, which is uncontrolled thoughts, I must ask the Holy Spirit to give me superior thoughts. Romans 8, 5 to 6, it says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the sinful nature desires. Now you see that. But those who live according to the Spirit, Spirit again, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, how many of you would like to have life and peace? Let me see your hands up. I want to have life and peace. Good, good, good. You know what that means? You need to have your mind controlled by the Spirit. You see? The truth is, the economy may not change, at least may not change tomorrow. Your problems may not change, at least not change tomorrow. It may still persist. But guess what? Your mindset can change now. The economy may not change now. Your problems may not go now. I pray they do, but they may not. But guess what? Your mindset can change now. You can change now. And that is the solution to the uncontrolled thoughts. Am I going to set my mind on the way I am thinking about my life? Or am I going to set my mind on the way God is thinking about my life? It is a choice. And that's all you need to do to replace it. Replace your thoughts, my mind, your thoughts, which is why you have to read the word of God over and over and again. And again, I challenge you, read Romans 8 over and over and over. Confess it over your life. Confess it over your life. It is so powerful. Over your life. And we see that just replacing, it's, it's called the principle of replacement. So anytime you want to change something in your life, don't resist it. Just replace it. Anything. So if you are not happy with something in your life, don't resist it. Don't fight it. Replace it. Replace it. Replace it. Invite the Holy Spirit to put superior thoughts in your mind. Romans 8, 7 to 8 says, Romans 8, 7 to 8 says, The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so even if it wanted to. As we read in Romans 7. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You see, that is why at GFH, at God's Forbid House, in all our locations, globally, we, we don't expect unbelievers to act like believers until they are believers. Why? Because they don't have the power to. Change comes from inside, inside out. So I ask the Holy Spirit to give me better thoughts. So the third mental habits you need to put in place to overcome these weapons of self-destruction is to realize that I have the ability to say no. I can actually say no. And this is the solution to the third weapon of self-destruction, which is compulsion. You can actually say no to pornography. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can say no. You can say no to fornication. You can say no. You can actually say no. Do you know you can say no to weed? You can. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can say no to drugs. You can say no. You have the permission to say no. I've heard people say, but uh, why should I limit? Why should I say no? Because this is a natural desire that I have. Why should I say no to it? Now listen, it is not everything that comes naturally to you that you should do. For instance, so, some, some people have the natural desire to punch other people's faces. So what should they do? Should they punch people's faces? Illegal traffic, for instance. You know, um, oh. <laughs> you know, I was trying to explain. I was speaking with someone close to me uh, that lives outside of Nigeria. And I was saying, oh, I was in lucky traffic. And the, and the person said, is there, the, the, what's the difference between lucky traffic and, the, and Lagos traffic? I heard Lagos traffic is bad, but now you're saying lucky traffic. What's the difference? I said, how do I explain it to this person? I said, it's like COVID-19. I said, lucky traffic is the variant. <laughs> Is the is the delta variant is the the one that is resistant, you know, that is you know now being in lucky traffic, and there are some people the way they drive, you want to cuss them out. You want to cuss. You actually want to cuss them out. But should you do it because you want to? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. If you if you if if you just do what you want to. What comes natural to you? Many people won't go to work on Monday mornings. Won't go to work, you know. So we see in Romans eight nine that Romans eight nine that, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are now controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, that it that's what he says. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you are controlled by him that is you should be you should release your members to him anyone who does not have the spirit of christ living in them does not belong to christ that's huge verse 12 says so dear brothers you have no obligation anymore you have no obligation to your old sinful nature it is your old sinful nature we learned last week that it, it stays with you until you see Jesus. You, you keep feeding your, 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 your new nature so that it keeps getting victory, right? However, that old sinful nature, you have no obligation to it. None whatsoever. Can starve to death if you, if, if you so desires. You have no obligations to it. You have no obligation. You don't have to feed it. You don't have to take care of it. No, none. To do what it begs you to do. So the, you know, the old nature begs you to do. Oh, just 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 watch small. Oh, just a little bit. That's where the trouble starts. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying you get all of God when you give your life to Christ. You do get all of God. But the question is, does God have all of you? So number four, this is so powerful. That overcomes the fourth weapon of self-destruction is the mental habits empowered by the Holy Ghost is turn my thoughts to God whenever I am afraid and that's that weapon of self-destruction is fair so I turn my thoughts to God whenever I'm afraid Romans 8 14 to 16 says those who are led by God's spirit are God's children for the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves 
and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the Spirit makes you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father, Abba, Father. God's Spirit joins himself to our spirit to declare that we are God's children. So, children typically run to daddy when they are afraid. When you have daddy and mom in the house and the child feels like there's a boogeyman in his room, he shouts, daddy! I mean, most children should shout daddy. I've, I've not seen any child that shouts, mommy, when they are afraid. You know, <laughs> I don't know why, but you know, when they want food, they shout mommy. When they, you know, um, <laughs> want to be pampered, maybe they will shout mommy. But when they are afraid and daddy is in the house, most children will say, daddy. They shout daddy. God is saying, you have a daddy. You have a daddy. You have a daddy. When you are afraid, shout daddy. Shout my father. You know, not just when we are afraid, when things want to put fear in us. There are certain times we are not afraid, but certain things want to put fear in you. So don't wait until they put fear in you. You can shout, Daddy, and God will come to your rescue. I was very fearless, you know, pretty much as a child. I, I didn't have the fears that most children my age would have. I have no fear of almost nothing growing up. I have fear of nothing. I feared no one. I feared, I, don't, I didn't fear boogeymen, I didn't feel masquerades. I want there are times I want to go and open the clothes on her, a masquerade. You know, I just was fearless. That was how I was born, I don't know. It's not because I'm special or anything, but I, you know, I, I was just pretty fearless. So in primary school, I used to get into um do a lot of naughty things, <laughs> you know. You know, like we had this fan milk in a box, you know, you know, the good old days. You know, when they give you fan milk in, in primary school, <laughs> you know, and we will now bust it. We will we'll fold it like this, put it down and bust it, right? You know what I'm talking about? If you know, you know. If you know, you are old. <laughs> you know, and I used to do it, yes, I admit. But that day, I just chose not to do it. And my friends were doing it. People were doing it. Then the janitor, because it was against the law to do it, so the janitor came, he usually come and flog the children that do it. So when they cited the janitor, they all took off. Now, because I didn't do anything, I stayed. So I was in my class. It was after school. And the janitor said, oh, you. And before I knew it, boom, 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 the guy flogged <laughs> Shiggy. You know? I, I didn't do anything. Guess what I did? When I got home, I just went to my dad. You know, because I had marks all over my body. Daddy! <laughs> and my dad, when he heard the story, you know, and you know, other family members and all that, he called me to his room. I said, Femi, tell me, did you do it? I said, Dad, I did not do it. That was all. He didn't ask me two times. He said, I believe you. The following day, <laughs> there was trouble in school. Why? Because I called daddy. 
Now, we have a daddy that made the heavens and the earth. We have the creator of all things as our father. What is that thing that is trying to flog you or is trying to threaten you? Shout, daddy! It loses its grip. We cry, Abba, father. Abba, father. So, don't be afraid. When you are afraid, you remember whose family you are in and you call out to your daddy. Remember Peter? He was walking on water and Jesus was there on the water. Peter began to sink. What did, what did Peter do? He shouted, Daddy, Jesus, help me. Why would you sink without shouting, Daddy? When a child shouts, is falling and is sleeping and shouts, Daddy, those of you that are daddies, how many of you think that, oh, this child offended me yesterday? Or this child did not sweep his room yesterday? Or you don't, it doesn't even cross your mind. You reach out and you save your boy. How much more your heavenly father? You need to shout, Daddy! Daddy, you know, I, I'm for, I mean, growing up, I mean, I was the master of, of that, you know, of doing daddy, you know, <laughs> I was the master of doing daddy. Mm. So I can relate to these scriptures. The number one fear people have is the fear of losing control, of being out of control. So I'm out of control. So when people feel out of control, you know, sometimes you can be so out of control. Sometimes you say, maybe I'm losing my mind. Have you, have you felt that way? Have you felt you're losing your mind? You know, sometimes you feel, oh, maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe I'm going insane. Maybe something is wrong with me. You have all felt that at different times. Don't look so self-righteous. <laughs> you have, I have, every one of us have. There are things we want to do, and I'm like, Femi, are you okay? <laughs> See, I have good news for you. I was reading somewhere, and they were analyzing. The, 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 the psychologists were saying that you are not actually going crazy because crazy people don't fear being crazy. <laughs> so, so you are not going crazy. The fact that you are saying, you are actually questioning, am I okay? means that you're actually very okay. So when I read it, I was like, oh, wow. So means that you're actually very okay because crazy people don't fear those kind of things. Crazy, crazy people are actually very happy being crazy. In fact, they look at everybody else. They think everybody else is crazy. <laughs> you know, they never consider themselves as, as crazy and they don't even act as one. So you are, <laughs> you are not going crazy because crazy people don't worry about those kind of things. And the very fact that you are afraid you are going crazy means you are rational. That's what the research says. That the very fact that you are, you are worried that you are going crazy actually means that you are so normal. So, you may be broken, but you are not crazy. Uh, so, fear has no place in you. Fear has no power over you. Hallelujah. The fifth mental habit to demolish the fifth weapon of self-destruction, which is hopelessness, is I refocus on the long term and not the short term. Romans 8, 17 to 18, it says, since we are his children, we will possess 
the blessing is keeping for his people. So there's a blessing God is keeping for his people. So I focus on that blessing. Now, it doesn't stop. If that were all, that would have been fantastic. But it doesn't stop there. It says, and also we will possess with Christ what God has kept for Jesus. We will not only possess the one he's kept for us, we will possess the things that God has kept for Jesus. Do you know that? awesome. For if we share Christ's suffering, we will also share his glory. Let me, let me pause. Let me explain this. Let me explain this. You know, when you read, if we share Christ's suffering, we think, oh, hi, well, maybe it's those missionaries, maybe the martyrs, maybe the people that really go into the interior part of the world, maybe they are suffering for Christ. Guess what? Everyone that is born of God is sharing in Christ's suffering. How? Because you have the nature of God in you, and that nature is at conflict with the sinful nature that conflict that suffering you're a part of it that um, Romans 7 if you can relate to Romans 7 you qualify for the blessings of God if you can't relate to Romans 7 your life is so perfect you have no, no then you don't qualify <laughs> but if you can relate to Romans 7 and you can say oh wretched what kind of life is this except God comes true for you then you qualify for this who we share the, in the glory. And I consider that what we suffer at the present time cannot, cannot be compared to all the glory that is going to be revealed in us. So the, the, the beauty of, of it is that we should keep our focus on the long picture. You know, they say, keep your eye on the big picture. I'll say the long term, not the short term. Not the short term. You know, there's this famous research done by Harvard University. And guess what? They said, the more long-term your thinking is, the more successful you are going to be in life. I was shocked. And if you check, everybody that is actually really successful, they, they think long-term. They, they, don't, they don't, even when they engage in battles, they don't, they don't, they, they play the long game. They don't just fight to win small, small points, checking points. They play the long game. I told you, at the beginning of 2020, waiting on God, God actually said to me, don't think the year. Ha! Ah. He said, think the decade. Remember. And he said, it's your decade of destiny. Remember. I stopped thinking year. Of course, he gave us the word for the year. But I was thinking decade. At the end of this decade, in 2029, by the time we roll into 2030, how old will I be? What would I have? What would I have achieved for God? I was now thinking long term. And guess what happened in 2020? If you will, everything was scattered. <laughs> oh, international level, national level, personal level. Pooh. And God says, "Don't worry. Think long term. You are going to win at the end of the day." <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so when you think long term, you don't really worry. You are not hopeless. You are filled with hope. So, you need to focus on long-term benefits and not on short-term inconveniences. Your weight loss. Think long-term. Then you decide if you want to eat that apple with uh, ogbono soup and cowtail at 11.30pm. You will decide. When you think long-term. If you think short-term, <laughs> but when you think long-term, isn't in your savings. Oh, you want to spend the money, 
But if you think long term, you can save and keep saving and keep saving. Within your Bible study, if you think long term, you won't misstrive. If you think long term, you will know that line upon line, precept upon precept, a little here, a little there, you are becoming stronger spiritually. If you think long term, you'll be faithful in your tithing because you know that the more consistent you are, the more financial base and foundation you're building spiritually. If you think long term, you'll be more consistent in evangelism, in reaching out to people that are far from God. So, refocus on long term and not on short term. Number six, I remind myself that God is good and God is in control. That is the solution to bitterness. You know, when you feel life is unfair and you want to get bitter, maybe something happened to you, rethink, refocus, remind yourself that God is good and God is in control. Romans 8, 26 to 27 says, Also, the Spirit helps with our weaknesses. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. Yes, he does. And even begs God for us with deep feelings that words cannot explain. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit? God can see what is in our hearts. And the Spirit speaks to God for his people in the way God wants. Verse 28. And we know that in all things, in how many things? All things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. All things, all things for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So you could say, Pastor, life is unfair. Yes, life is unfair. Pain in your life. Is not optional. Everybody will feel pain. But guess what? Misery is optional. <laughs> Whether you be miserable is optional. The fact that you, are, you go through pain doesn't mean you must be miserable. Life is unfair. Pain is not optional. But misery is optional. Bitterness is optional. Sorrow is optional. Yeah. You, you can go through pain and refuse to be sorrowful. Of course. You know, I've, I've had experiences that people will try and convince you to be sorrowful, that you should actually be sorrowful because this bad thing has happened to you. Why are you not sorrowful? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sorrowful. What do you want? I refuse to be sorrowful. Is it by force? If you want, if, if you're so in love with sorrow, carry it and go now. The point is this. Sorrow is optional. So we see, by the time we get to verse 31 and 32, so what can we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, hallelujah, who, who can ever, ever be against us? And since God, now listen to this, since God did not even, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, what God? Who gave us Christ also give us everything else? Imagine that. If God who gave us Christ. So God is greater than my problems. God is greater than my enemies. God is greater than my critics. 
And God is using it all for my good. Amen. Say it again. Let's say it together. God is greater than my problems. God is greater than my enemies. God is greater than my critics. And God is using it all for my good. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, number seven. As we wrap up. The mental habits we need to put in place that shatters the seventh weapon of self-destruction is trust that God will never stop loving me. That shatters insecurity. Trust that God will never stop loving me. Will never stop loving you. Romans 8, 38-39 says, I am convinced that nothing ah, can ever separate us from the love of God, not, nothing, nothing, nothing means nothing. Death can't, <laughs> life can't, oh, the angels can't, and demons can't. Our fears for today, or our worries for tomorrow, or even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are I above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the church say, Amen. That's so good. So good. So the truth is you may lose some things in life. But you will never lose the love of your father. You will never. You may lose some things in life, but you will never lose the love of Jesus. Never. You can try, but you will fail. You can try. Once you, once you belong to Jesus, he doesn't let go of you. When you are rooted in God's love, oh, this is so good. Trust that God will never stop loving you. Because it will not. It will not. I learned something last week. I know these two things. But I didn't know that they meant the same thing. Or one meant the other. So, I know that the, the Jews, they greet themselves, Shalom, Shalom. You see, when you are rooted in God's love, when a Jew, because they are rooted in God's love, they know the Jew knows that we are covenant children. So when they say shalom, shalom, we know shalom to be peace, right? Peace be unto you. But when the Jews say shalom, shalom, rooted in the love of God, you know what shalom, shalom means? Shalom, shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing. Ah! feel like jumping. <laughs> nothing broken, nothing missing. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Shalom, Shalom. Oh, say that. Look, look at another neighbor. I know you can't, you can't get too close, you know, you know, the Delta variant, you know. Just say, Shalom, Shalom. By that, because you are rooted in God's love, you are saying to them, Shalom, shalom, meaning regardless of how you feel insecure, regardless of how 
you think you have lost this and you have lost that, regardless of how you think you have a setback in your life, nothing missing, nothing broken. By the time it's all said and done, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, shalom, shalom will be the story of your life. By the time it's all said and done, it will be shalom, shalom. By the time it's all said and done, it will be nothing missing, nothing broken. The word of God is so good, so powerful. To you, there, Remember the illustration of the pig? That's what self-help programs are like. Cleaning up the pig. Therapy is good, but all it does is try and get rid of all the dirt and, 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 and moisturize the skin of the, the pig. But the pig, only Jesus can change that into a ship. Only Jesus can give you a new heart. There's no therapy that can give you a new heart. There's no self-help program that can give you a new heart. I love, I love Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. I love her shows. You could say, but Oprah Winfrey cannot save you. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. <laughs> there is no other way to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Only Jesus can say hallelujah. What's the point of putting perfume on the pig? You're saying, Pastor, I want a change of heart. I want a change of heart. I want to give my life to Jesus. Wherever you are right now, I want to pray with you. Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads. I want, to, I want to surrender to Jesus. I want a transformation in my heart. I want a change of heart. If that is you, put up your hand wherever you are. Quickly, over your head. Over your head. If you are online, if you put it up, you can put it down back. But if you are in the church location, if you put it up, wait until you get a card. They go put a card in your hand. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. 